Hi, this is Azimuth World Foundation's podcast, Connecting the Dots. With the help of our guests, we will be connecting the dots between matters of access to public health and safe water and the balance between humankind and nature among indigenous and rural communities. Hello, welcome to Connecting the Dots. I'm Francisco from Azimuth World Foundation. Before we dive in, a quick reminder that you can also read or watch this interview on our website, azimuthworldfoundation.org. Just go to the Insights tab. Earlier this year, Azimuth World Foundation, in collaboration with Jamia Celia Center and Global Wisdom Collective, co-hosted a side event at the United Nations Permanent Forum on Indigenous Issues in New York. This event provided a platform for our partners to share the framework of Revitalize the Roots, an intergenerational knowledge-sharing project they have developed for the Androids community in Kenya. But the event also allowed us to hear from remarkable speakers who share their experiences in passing down traditional indigenous knowledge to the younger generations. Among these inspiring speakers was Christine Candier, a member of the Androids community and the executive director of the Androids Indigenous Women Empowerment Network, IWAN. Founded in 2016, IWAN initially served as an advocacy platform for the rights of Androids women, girls, and individuals with disabilities. Over the years, it has grown in its ambition to champion the rights of indigenous communities all over Kenya and across Africa. The Andorais people have twice faced forced evictions from their ancestral lands. The first was prompted by the government to create a game reserve for tourism development, and the second was due to the devastating impacts of climate change. Christine's unique perspective as an Andorais woman and a person with a disability enables her to present the importance of intersectional approaches in securing the rights of indigenous peoples with much more clarity. Iwan's distinctive approach encompasses a broad spectrum of issues, aiming to holistically improve the lives of those it serves. From empowering indigenous women to assume leadership roles, to documenting traditional knowledge and integrating it into resource management through the creation of the Androids Biocultural Protocol, Iwan has made significant strides. Ms. Candier has taken her experiences and powerful message to international platforms, gaining visibility and garnering support for her community's struggles. She has also forged global alliances and is a shining example for countless communities facing similar challenges. We are truly honored that she has joined us on Connecting the Dots. I'm Christine Candier, uh, or Kandi, from Kenya. Uh, I'm from Indorais Indigenous Community. Uh, I work for, with an organization called Endorise Indigenous Women Empowerment Network, acronym of AUN. Uh, I'm the executive director. Uh, the formation of this organization was to look at the cross-cutting issues that has continued to marginalize uh, women and persons with disabilities, not only in Endorise community, but within other indigenous communities of Kenya. As an indigenous woman with disability, we face a lot of issues. Uh, and that is why somebody like myself was able to think critically about the people who are going through the same challenges. Because uh, for us to be, for, for someone to identify us, he has to understand different levels of marginalization that describe a woman with disability. One is a marginalization because you are an indigenous uh, person. Secondly, is because you are a woman. And that one is because you are a woman with disability. 
most often that kind of interconnection or the layers of marginalization. Most people don't consider those one uh, as a factor that uh, can, can really continue to marginalize someone. So I'm happy as the director because uh, we've been able to bring our voices all the way from uh, endorsed community to the UN Permanent Forum, share our realities of the issues affecting us at the grassroots, and even uh, share our practice, good stories of uh, languages, transfer, conservation. Fortress conservation, the eviction of the Endorois from Lake Bogoria. The Endorois community had long struggled for land rights, starting all the way from 1974, uh, because the community was evicted to create room for conservation. Lake Bogoria was declared a conservation zone, and community were, were told to move because it is a one of the tourism destinations, it was good for the government to get revenue from the tourism action, and they could not consider our actions as indigenous people that was preserving the area uh, very important. So we had a very long struggle uh, demanding for our rights, demanding for recognition, and even uh, speaking about the issues that we, we went through, that we felt it was not uh, considerate or it was not uh, putting a human rights perspective into place. So. We challenged the issues from the local level all the way to African Commission uh, way back in 2003 when we were advised by our lawyers to take the issues to African Commission. And we are happy because there was a determination of such issues by the Commission in 2010. We celebrated and we thought that uh, it was justice being served uh, for the community by the community. But we didn't know that the process was a beginning of a dialogue and even another level of injustice process that has never been realized. Because as I speak at the moment, it is uh, 13 years down the line after we celebrated the, the, the outcome of African Commission that the Ghanaian government has never like implemented those uh, recommendations like recognition, restitution, uh, payment for damages. By the time we, are we, we want to believe that we got something, we've engage in generational of uh, generation and generation of struggle. So that one means that uh, there is a lot of disconnect between different generations. And our work as an organization is to ensure that we have a continued struggle out of these issues. And that is why we came in now uh, to understand different uh, people within our community that we are not, all of us are not equal. We have uh, special needs like for, for indigenous women, for persons with disabilities, for children, how do we engage all of them in the, in, the, in the struggle? How do we connect our struggle to them? Displaced by climate change, a second forced eviction for the Endorois. Uh, as a community, as Endorois community, we have uh, faced eviction not only by government forces, but also by the impacts of climate change. When I, see, when I say this is that the uh, consequence of climate change we have rising sea levels, we have uh, rising temperatures, we have like so many other uh, inter interlink about the issues of uh, health, uh, maybe scarcity of water and all that. So but for, for our community, because we were affected by the Kenyan government to create way for tourism, we had to settle in a neighborhood of Lake Bogoria not far away from Lake Bogoria. But again, because of the impacts of climate change, we had water, rising water levels of the lake, away, again, coming all the way to where we live as a community and again, displacing us. So it is very unfortunate that we are seeing these impacts of climate change, that we are not even aware 
because we are feeling the consequences and we don't know what, what was the actions or why, why, why is it that there is a rising water level. Though we are being faced with the consequences, we try to mitigate on the impact, on traditional knowledge, on what we do, traditional uh, healing, we do a lot of uh, traditional practices around the Lake Pogoria because we have been uh, told by our elders. We are also trying to document those issues. And again, you know, when you talk about climate change, we are talking about those people who are vulnerable to the impacts of climate change. And again, because we are an institution that works to empower women and persons with disabilities, we, we, we also try to make them understand that they are very vulnerable. We want also to have leadership in them to speak about the issues. So leadership means that we do empowerment, we build their capacities, we make them understand so that they can have voice to speak about those issues, to empower them to continue building their resilience and be able to like uh, mitigate or like leverage on the, the, the loss and damages that the, the consequences of climate change has uh, imposed on them. So Justice and self-determination Iwan's hopes for the future of the Enderoy's community. I wish my community to get uh, full reparation for their case that they had in African Commission. We also wish to have a, a collective movement, not only within our community, but across the region, that is Africa, and even at the globe, that we can connect our struggles. And that is something I want to see in the next years. Because we, we, I believe we have uh, lessons from ourselves that can help other indigenous communities across the world to really learn from our struggle and use our, their, our struggle to strengthen themselves. Though I know maybe at this global space, it is very difficult for us to, to, to get resources to help us continue with the work of self-determination. But I would really wish that to see that uh, mostly resources, because again, being a woman and being a woman with disability, we experience the disadvantage of not uh, getting resources to continue empowering us, especially resources that can uh, help our organization to be more resilient to unforeseen uh, future events. Uh, I wish to see a situation whereby there is a assertive effort to consider supporting the actions of indigenous women because in indigenous women and indigenous women with disabilities you you have a whole hub that has uh, knowledge and they, they can provide they can use their leadership to solve the immediate crisis they are facing them so a land's true value the case for directly supporting indigenous peoples uh, you 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 know that indigenous communities has been uh, facing extreme marginalization uh, just because uh, they occupy areas that are so dearly to them. And in those areas, in reality, from the legal framework, it is uh, recognized as an as a unused land. But for us indigenous community, we, we are using it for, for, for livelihood. So there is a lot of disconnect. And, and, and in that regard, it is very important to, to get resources to indigenous communities, indigenous women, because those resources means empowering them. It will give more strength to speak about those issues. Uh, the resources, again, will also maybe organize them, build power from below. There is the issue of insecurity of land tenure. Climate change is really feeling on us. There's a devastating impact 
to us, especially our livelihood, our self-determination and all that. All that will require resources for us to continue building our voices and leadership so that we can be able to tackle on that one. As I've talked about the issues of security land tenure, uh, there is also the issues of carbon credit, which is also coming all the way to our land as indigenous people. So if we don't get resources to indigenous communities directly themselves, it means that we have uh, we risk losing indigenous land. There is a discussion all about carbon credit and loss and damages, which is really, if we, we, we are not strengthening the indigenous community, or the indigenous organization, we, we will lose, we will risk uh, maybe auctioning those indigenous territories to, 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 for investors' reasons and all that, and interfering. And that one means that we are losing our identity, we are losing our heritage, we are losing our culture, because the land is of importance to us. It connects us to our wellness, to our previous ancestors. It, it really gives us a, a room to do our traditional uh, healing and practices which is so dearly to us. Leaving no one behind, Iwan's current projects and goals. Endorace Indigenous Women Empowerment Network is a loose network for indigenous persons with disabilities. And uh, we are also trying to like uh, be a national uh, voice for indigenous women. Uh, currently, we did a research on barriers, on rapid response, on barriers for persons with disabilities to access into leadership. And uh, we want to use that outcome now to influence uh, uh, how the policy can framework can be, you know, can be changed. And as apart from that one, we also want to strengthen on resource management. So how we can strengthen on resource management, it means that uh, we need to document our ways of uh, doing. You know, we have the biocultural protocol that is in place. We had one, we launched it in 2019. But we realized that in that cultural protocol, we didn't have the voice of women and persons with disabilities. So we want to like strengthen on inclusivity, inclusivity and maybe intersectionality. We want to ensure that everyone is on board. In our work as an organization, we are trying to look back. Uh, when we look at the back, we, we identify those groups that are struggling to catch up with the rest of the indigenous movement. So when I look back, I see an indigenous person, when I look back, I see a woman, I see a cult child who is unable to go to school. That is exactly what we do. We help them to catch up with the rest. So uh, indigenous movement and indigenous practices is about not about me, it is about us. And when I say us, everyone is on board. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Connecting the Dots, an Azimuth World Foundation podcast. Join the conversation on our website, azimuthworldfoundation.org, or by following us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn.